Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, different dictionaries put out their word of the year. I think Oxford usually goes with like some new things that like have emerged in the last year, which I find more fun. Merriam-Webster tends to go with just what was the most omnipresent, dominant word of the year. And their word of the year for 2021 is vaccine, which I find not fun to find out about at all. Yeah, that's no, that's not appealing. That's that's dumb. But you're right. The Oxford one's better. Yeah. Vaccine. Yeah. <sighs> uh, it's been around since 1882, apparently. But this is the first time it's been word of the year. Congratulations. Okay. Congratulations to a word. Yeah, the so the Omicron, I keep forgetting the name of it. The new uh, Omicron. Uh, Omicron. The new as variant. I had to learn the entire Greek alphabet as a young fraternity pledge. Uh, the Omicron is uh, showing up in uh, Canada, but it's almost certainly in the United States, so it's just a matter of time. Is it spreading faster? Does it make you sicker? Does it get around the vaccine? Nobody knows anybody who claims they do is lying. We won't know for a couple of weeks. That's that. I know for sure. As an exciting new variant with some exciting new mutations, it is excellent clickbait. So there is a giant industry intent on scaring you into clicking. It worked on me, I mean, partly because I do this for a living. But. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm clicking on all the headlines to see what the latest is on Omicron. Now, uh, it, for real, whether you you know you think you're being jerked around or not, it probably is going to mean more masking, more supply chain issues, more lockdowns. They got huge protests going on in Australia today, locking down, which they'd planned anyway, but most of those countries are up in their lockdowns because of this Omicron thing. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I'm just so sick of it. So sick of the whole thing. I know everybody is, but... I don't want my kids to have to wear masks at school anymore. That's the one that bothers me the most. Just hate it. Oh, yeah. Little kids wearing oh. not carefully fitted medical masks is, is is close to useless as useless. I was talking to a teacher over the weekend who said school pictures came back, and, and she and the other teachers sat down with the school pictures because they didn't make them wear masks for the pictures. Mm-hmm. They sat down with the school pictures and said, okay, so that's what Jimmy looks like, and that's what she looks like, and that's a, to see what the kids look like because they've never seen them before. Wow. They've never seen the kids before. The kids have never seen them before. They've never seen each other before. Right. I told the story of how I got to see my son's fifth grade teacher for the first time this year at a football game. I didn't know it was her. Wow. So she started talking and I recognized her voice and I'd met with her parent teacher conferences. I had no idea what she looked like. That's not good for the brain, man. That's not good. I was just going to say, I think we're denying the kids some fundamental connection with humanity that's not good. No. Yeah, I'm neither brainy nor knowledgeable enough to explain exactly what it is, but you can just feel it. Having kids feel isolated and unconnected? Oh, there, could there be anything crueler? Uh, the CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, has stepped down, and the new CEO of Twitter is CTO Perig Agrawal. <laughs> Perig Agrawal. And okay. he's going to replace Jack Dorsey, and uh, does he reinstate Trump or change the rules on who gets banned or whatever? I don't know. I guess we'll wait and see. I think he's another liberal. That'd um, be my guess. Why did Dorsey step down? Do we know? Uh, Is it because he was starving? Uh, His producer, beard got too big to fit through the door? Producer Hanson has read more about it than me, and he, he was indicating that uh, one particular person on the board was out to get Dorsey out for some reason. 
I don't know. Maybe they wanted to get him out because they thought he was clamping down too hard. Or maybe they wanted to get him out because they didn't think he was clamping down hard enough. I guess we'll find out. Well, in the same way that uh, revolutionaries usually make terrible governors, uh, maybe innovative disruptors make poor ongoing managers. I don't know. On the other hand, it might be an ultra-liberal coup that I will despise. Speaking of which, and uh, going from the dictionary discussion to Wikipedia, which uh, many people criticize, but I think we all use at least semi-regularly. Maybe you think they're way too far left, and they are, but that doesn't mean if I want a track order for the Abbey Road album, I won't go to Wikipedia. I find them to be pretty damn ac- accurate. Mostly, yeah. Yeah. Um, and when they are flawed, they are flawed uh, in a leftward Direction, mostly because, you know, it's if, if you want to look at Marines and cops and construction workers and lobster fishermen, you're going to find a hell of a lot of conservatives. Well, I would say the more contentious the topic, the more accurate it is. Like, uh, I, I was on the abortion page. I feel like that the people on the right side of that issue, politically, I also think correctly, but um, uh, people on the right side of the issue have done a good enough job of fighting the battle there in that space, because that's the way it works in mm-hmm. Wikipedia. A battle is fought, um, and, uh, and I thought that, I, I read through that whole thing, I thought, man, this is amazingly even-handed. Well, listen to this ass, would ya? The website, they say, is set, was considering deleting the, the page on mass murders under communist regimes around the world. A deletion note has been added to the page titled Mass Killings Under Communist Regimes, which informs us that the over 12,000 word page is under consideration for deletion. The Wikipedia moder- moderators claim that the neutrality of this article is disputed, and the verifiability of the claims is also being disputed. Boy, I wonder by whom. The article lists several instances of genocides by communists, including the Red Terror in Russia by the Bolsheviks at the start of the Russian Civil War, mass murders by Stalin, Mao Zedong, Pol Pot in Cambodia, using various policies and other similar well-known instances in communist regimes in East Germany, Yugoslavia, North Korea, Vietnam, Afghanistan, Ethiopia, etc. So this is just the influence of China, then? Uh, to a large extent, yes, and, and uh, communists, Marxists in the Western world, too. Uh, the extensive article also lists various terminologies used in mass killings and discusses whether deaths caused by famines under communist rules can be labeled as mass murder, uh, etc. However, the left-leaning editors and moderators are now not happy with such a specific article on mass murders by communist regimes and decided to delete it. They claim, and I quote that, mass killings under communist regimes is not a legitimate subject for an encyclopedic article, and it is a synthesis. Many of them also claim that deaths due to famine can't be called mass murders, even though the famines were caused by the policies Mm. of the communist rulers. Interesting. They claim that the relation between mass murders and the communist regimes where they happened is synthesized, whatever that means. Um, Those advocating for the deletion further claim that the incidents of mass murders are separate, not linked to each other, and don't really have to do specifically with communism. It was bad leadership. It was not a symptom of communism that all those people died. Uh, a couple more articles. Um, I also think, like, I don't know enough about this to actually comment, but as a talk show host, it's uh, required that I do comment, whether I know what I'm talking about or not. I don't know if, if Wikipedia actively is slanting things, or, I think this makes perfect sense, um, the left just tends to be more motivated to 
to fight in these kind of spaces. They're more into twisting language, yeah. There are, there are more, you know, graduate degrees in various areas that would be willing to spend an afternoon on any Wikipedia topic and fight the battle than there are people on the right. I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. Well, Larry Sanger was the co-founder of Wikipedia with, uh, what's-his-face, Jimmy Wales, uh, left Wikipedia over differences with Wales over how to run the website and has since become a staunch critic of it for its left-leaning bias. Huh. He also said that Wikipedia has become a huge moral hazard, saying that it has turned into a monocultural establishment organ of propaganda. Well, I'd sure like to see some of, or hear some of his examples of that. Because I use Wikipedia a lot, and I don't, and I think I have a pretty good uh, eye for this sort of thing, and I don't feel like I come across it regularly. Yeah. Of course, I look up a lot of stuff that's like you were talking about. You know, who wrote what song and stuff like that. Which not going to be a lot of bias in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The population of Poland. Yeah, I think yeah. I could probably trust that. Yeah, roughly. Right. right. Yeah. So anyway, Wikipedia, don't you dare. Mass killings under communist regimes. They're killings. If you starve somebody to death, you kill them. End of discussion. You guys delete that. I'm taking up arms against Wikipedia. Speaking of... Shoot uh, my laptop. Looking up tracks for albums to see which song came in what order and who wrote what. Uh, I feel like I had more people mention to me the Beatles documentary, the Peter Jackson Let It Be documentary that came out. Uh, is that what it's called? Uh, yeah. Let it be. Um, then I don't remember the last time I had this many people mention a show. It got a lot of mind share, as they say. And episode one of three that debuted over the weekend on Disney. Is that where I was watching it? Watch it with my son. My son I is think that's right. Disney Plus. My, yep. You watched it too, Michael? Yeah, I did. Your girlfriend. You watched it. Alex watched it. I watched it with my son. I mean, that's the sort of cross section of that you just don't get that much anymore. Of, uh, of watching stuff. My son's a big Beatles. He did a paper on the Beatles when he was in like third grade. So he was fascinated by getting into it. Hmm. It doesn't matter. I mean, you talk about uh, a history that doesn't matter. The history of the Beatles does not matter. Oh, it ushered in the cultural revolution of the free-spirited 60s hippie flower children drug sex thing, blah, 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 blah. But if I might bore you for a minute having taken a rock and roll class in college no oh boy in which he spent half of the freaking thing on the beatles no oh boy because he was you know 18 in 1967 so it was the most important thing that happened in his life um i had been told over and over and over that they hated each other they all hated each other so much they couldn't even look at each other and they're having the time of their lives recording that album right they yeah. they're having a great time the work was great. It was everything else that sucked. But they all the could. business and the lawyers and but, the crap. But they clearly weren't even close to. They couldn't be in the same room together. Oh, yeah. You know, on that topic, at the risk of boring people, um, I was reading an article. Uh, I think it was just Art Garfunkel talking about Simon Garfunkel speaking of Baby Boomer Rock. And and he said, all all these articles that have been written about the conflicts between me and Paul, we've been best friends for 50 years, for 60 years. That's a tiny part of the relationship. We worked together like crazy for years and years and years, had this incredible output. Then we decided to do different things. The conflict isn't the headline. and then, But that's journalism. Yeah, and I actually was thinking about it and extrapolating it to things that do matter. I wonder how many historical things that I see or the most of the world sees a certain way are just completely wrong. Just completely wrong from what it was like in the room at the time. 
Yeah, well, probably a lot. Probably a lot of <laughs> Probably them. virtually everything. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of major trials that are kind of like, you know, they don't have the heaviness of the Rittenhouse trial and the Arbery trial that we had last week, but they're going to get a lot of attention. We can uh, hip you to that. Um, latest on Omicron, if you want that at all. It's not, there's not enough to be known to be to, to worry about yet. Wait and see. It's really the only headline. And if you want to buy stuff that says Armstrong and Getty on it, or let's go, Brandon. We're just mentioning this a lot right now because if you want to get it in time for Christmas, you really ought to order it now. Perhaps we phrase it like this. If you would like to give a fabulous gift to a friend or family member who's a, f- a fan of the show and would really enjoy it, go to armstrongandgetty.com. That's the perfect way to say it. Thank you. There you go. Um, more on the way. Armstrong and Getty. It's called Get Back, You Morons. I knew I had the wrong song. Get Back, Not Let It Be. For the most watched documentary in America right now. I should get back. I echoed your inaccuracies. Um, Somebody feel free to correct us. Michael. Alex, anyone. Let It Be was the album. Well, I get it, but it's not the name of the movie, so. (laughs) I just didn't want to say anything. You're just going to let me hang out there? All right. Doesn't matter. Um couple of high-profile trials starting this week that luckily don't really have any national implications where people are going to be rioting in the streets no matter how they turn out. Um, well, let's try to work race into them if we possibly can. That's true. That's true. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm missing something. Yeah, it doesn't have to be justified. Jeffrey Epstein's uh, friend, Zelaine Maxwell, who lined up all his underage girls. The trial was this week. Starts this week, the sex trafficking trial, and that could be pretty interesting to follow, and there's always the possibility of, you know, uh, Prince Albert Nican, what's his name, Prince Andrew coming up, mm. or uh, whoever else. So there's that. And then you got Jussie Smollett. I got to believe if I'm Jussie Smollett, I say, what do I have to plead to <laughs> to not have this be a trial where everybody's reminded in intricate detail my embarrassingly stupid plot to look like a victim. Right, right. If I'm him, I do not want this to happen. I'd plead guilty to anything to not have to go through the details of how stupid my idea was. Well, yeah, the details in in excruciating detail. Oh, yeah. Coppers who have specific notes who are going to explain exactly what happened. Oh, and I assume they're going to have the numbnuts on the stand uh, who did the beating, right? Oh, the Nigerian brothers. Yeah, so we're going to hear in more detail than we've ever heard before how just how freaking stupid this Jussie Smollett person is. If I were him, I'd want to avoid this trial, no matter how it turns out. Well, obviously, the Joy's Reid of the world, MSNBC and CNN, are going to make it all about race. They're going to pretend that it's a a black man being persecuted. Because of what? Persecuted because he made made up a fake attack? Allegedly. I don't think he did. It was legitimate. No, there isn't anybody working that angle. I'll bet you a dollar. Yeah. I just, I can't imagine it. If I'm him, I'd plead guilty to everything. I don't care if I got to go to jail. I don't want to to re- Remind the world how stupid I am. (laughs) 
It's going to be embarrassing. <laughs> well, if if you were Jussie, well, if you were him, you wouldn't have faked yeah. up a beating by a couple of Nigerian weightlifters. Good point. And and done a not particularly good job at it, if I remember correctly. I mean, they had, they had the receipt of like the rope and the bleach and all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. And yeah. yeah, it's on it's, them. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Couple of white guys in MAGA hats, you say? Hmm, interesting. <laughs> 3 a.m. in a gay neighborhood in Chicago. It's 30 below. Interesting. Those are some dedicated racists. Drew the short straw to be patrolling that neighborhood at that time of night. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. Oh, you know, that reminds me. I was going to talk about how a lot of mainstream reporters are, oddly enough, coming to the aid of James O'Keefe, the guy who runs Project Veritas. Evidently, they came into possession of the stolen diary of one of Joe Biden's daughters. And they published part of it, even though they had absolute uh, deniability that they had any participation in the actual theft of the diary. And there's extensive legal doctrines protecting organizations uh, who print stuff like the Pentagon Papers, for instance, the landmark case. Um, and, but the FBI raided O'Keefe's home and his office. They took his cell phone. They were searching through it and the rest of it. And a lot of mainstream media organizations that have no love at all for Project Veritas are saying, whoa, 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 this is way over the line, crazy over the line. So groups of crooks smashing windows and breaking into stores and stealing stuff and running out the door and getting away with it is starting to spread across America, if you haven't heard about this. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. New video tonight of another Bay Area smash and grab. This one at a boutique in Oakland. A group of more than 30 people broke into the store, stole all the merchandise. The store, called Prime, says the security gate was ripped off its frame. According to them, this is the second time the past month the store has been robbed. The small business is fundraising to help recover. So you're thinking, yeah, all those smash and grabs in the Bay Area, I've heard about that. Well, let's uh, cast our eyes southward to the beautiful Los Angeles area where there's more of the same. Police officers surround the Nordstrom store at Westfield Topanga Mall after a brazen robbery. In this case, the thieves didn't have to smash. They raced in through an open door, grabbing expensive merchandise while customers were shopping. A number of suspects entered the the door here behind me and uh, took several high-end purses. Um, Unfortunately, uh, we do have a security guard here that was... um, working for the store, working for Nordstrom's, uh, that was attacked by the suspects. That security guard was sprayed with a caustic chemical. He was treated by paramedics and is expected to be okay. Authorities are looking for five suspects who fled in a newer model gray Ford Mustang. Sure, California, Cal Unicornia, you guys have made the point for years that California's decriminalized crime. At least it's not spreading to damn near every other blue city in America. Last night, two different Best Buys in Minnesota were hit with large-scale thefts, a recent occurrence that spans across the country. Major cities in California were hit with the same style crime earlier this week. Here at the Maplewood Best Buy, about 10 to 12 people came in and stole items before getting away. Now down in Burnsville, a larger group of 20 to 30 
30 people made off with a large amount of electronics. Best Buy issued a statement saying, in part, as an industry, we are working with local law enforcement and taking additional security precautions where it makes sense. Ramsey County Sheriff Bob Fletcher weighed in during his live stream last night. We can't tolerate that kind of behavior. This as a society, we just can't. No, we can't, but we are. There's a, there was a rash of that sort of thing uh, in, in Chicago, too, by the way. I could give you all those details, but more of the same. Cinder blocks, hammers, uh, crowbars, etc. Gangs of people rushing into stores and emptying them. Well, I'm within miles of where all this has happened. Uh, with all the videos you've seen from the Bay Area. So all the shopping places I've been, I was at the mall last night uh, at the Apple Store. The mall had way more security than I've ever seen before. A couple of armed people outside the Apple Store. You have to. Because it's the Wild West now, man. It's the Wild West. I don't know what they do, though, so I guess they hope the armed guards will stop people from coming in? They, you know what? In a coldly practical way, they hope the the mobs will think, let's go somewhere else. Because I'm not sure they're actually going to do anything. No, they're not going to shoot the people. I, or I doubt it anyway. And I don't know if they're mall security, mall cop, Paul Blart, mall cop. I don't know if they're mall security or, or Apple hired them. But if Apple hired them, then, then they'd be in the same restrictions that all other businesses are under, where you can't try to apprehend somebody, because if somebody accidentally gets hurt, we get sued for a lot more than a handful of Apple Watches cost. Yeah, I wonder I wonder how a company like Apple would approach that and what the, the, um, the dollars and cents of it are. Because, you know, I was going to say, these robberies are, are shocking and they're appalling, but they are also, correct me if I'm wrong, a real symptom of something that's happening oh, in society. Yeah, oh, definitely. The, 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 the theft in San Francisco Friday night, two Friday nights ago, was a million dollars spread over eight or nine stores. Right. Worth of just random stuff that they grabbed. A lot of it gets sold on the streets. We've talked about the whatever it is, 13, 17 Walgreens that have shut down in the San Francisco Bay Area, those people wipe the shelves clean of razor blades, for instance, and then they sell them online or on the street. I didn't realize how expensive razor blades were the yeah, other day are. for some reason. They're very expensive. So, yeah, you get a big bag full of those, you got a lot of money. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I think there's a great societal significance to this. And uh, and as far as Apple goes, for instance, you know, given the, uh, you know, the high ticket price of most of their uh, their uh, products, um, they're probably doing the math that, no, we're better off getting sued for millions of dollars. They could be. Than the word get around that Apple does nothing if you want to rush into oh, the stores. Yeah. Yeah, that's a different thing because it's such a everything in there is so expensive. But mm-hmm. just in general, you got a couple of different things going on. You got the bail reform, which turned into bail abolition. I stole that from Rich Lowry of the National Review. I was listening to their podcast. Bail reform has become bail abolition. So the idea, if you haven't been following this story, was well from the lefties' perspective, was it's unfair. That a poor, probably person of color, um, gets accused of committing a crime. But because they do not have the money to make bail, there they sit in jail, awaiting their trial. Uh Whereas a rich person would be able to pay bail and get out. Now, that is all true. Um, If you got enough money, you can pay bail. And if you don't have money, you can't. But so what they've done by 
by doing away with the whole bail thing is now people commit crimes. Horrendous crimes. Sometimes horribly violent crimes. And you're right back out on the street again, sometimes committing crimes like within hours. There are documented cases. New York's been big on this, the New York Post, because they, they cover it so much. The people in New York that will rob a store, get caught. Most people don't get caught, but get caught, get arrested, be out and rob a store again later that same day. It's amazing. Sure, sure. The poster child, the, the, the monster who ran all those people down in the Christmas parade, a child has died, adding to the list of uh, victims. And that, yeah, that guy was out on a ridiculously low bond. And, and at least they had a bond, but still. So even, gosh, surely, even if you, if you were sympathetic to that idea, you got to realize it doesn't work in, in practicality. Well, and then you have the decriminalization of theft. And as we were discussing earlier, and this, this to me, this is a far bigger story in terms of societal significance than the damn Omicron variant that, you know, it could turn into something worth knowing about, but it's probably not a big deal. We'll see. We'll find out within a couple of weeks. But I mean, this is a sign of the crumbling of, of lawfulness in the United States. And good people's inability to deal with it when enough bad people decide it's time to act. And I think we got to this point because whether whether it's a, a referee trying to manage a, a hockey game uh, or, or a, a teacher managing a classroom, uh, uh, parents managing a child, or a dozen examples of it, if you permit a certain amount of lawlessness, the lawless will push further to see how far they can go. And we have permitted enough lawlessness, particularly in your blue cities and states, that the going a little farther is smashing all the windows and rushing in in a mob of 10, 20, 30, 80 people and stealing everything with impunity. Congratulations. As I've said many times, how's your utopia coming along, progressives? Well, well, your your ideas looted back. It's legitimate. They've been oppressed by capitalism. I've got a good point to make on that whole cultural impact of... Uh... Well, culture on crime that I learned from watching a Thomas Sowell YouTube video over the weekend. We'll tell you about that after we tell you about Car Shield, which is a great month-to-month way to cover your car and your in your bills if you're to get into wreck or anything like that. Yeah, month-to-month. It is the number one auto protection company in America right now, Car Shield. You know how it goes. You got a car that's just out of warranty or it's an older car and, and you have some big expensive repair and then you have to deal with the paperwork and the payments. Well, with CarShield, CarShield's administrators do it all. They handle the paperwork and the payments so you don't have to. They can help save you thousands. Uh, you're not going to have to be worried about costly winter repairs. Coast to coast roadside assistance, rental coverage, um, trip reimbursement, all no, no additional charge. You get to choose your mechanic. I don't know how you don't, you do any better. If you want to know more, CarShield is the best defense against costly repairs. Visit carshield.com slash Armstrong to save 10%. That's carshield.com slash Armstrong. A deductible may apply. Get more information. Uh, see if it's for you. Carshield.com slash Armstrong. The, the impact culture has on crime, whether you have a culture of crime or not, is, I think, pretty evident and obvious, but it is... Um, it's hard to wrap your arms around because you know it's not a it's not an easy quantifiable thing. Like we've talked a lot about, I grew up in small town USA where you just didn't really have crime. Left your doors unlocked at night, keys in the car. My whole life, I went to high school. I would ride my motorcycle to school. I would put my helmet on the mirror. That's where I left my helmet. Nobody ever stole it. 
I did that for years. Mm-hmm. It just was nobody was going to steal anything. And so why do you have that culture there, but in a city you have the crime? Well, the theory has always been, mostly when we've talked about it, is it's something to do with the compression of people and anonymity and all those different sorts of things. But I was watching, a, a, you want to get smarter, by the way? Watch any YouTube interview with Thomas Sowell. You will leave oh, yeah. that smarter. Yes, you He's will. He's one of the smartest people who's ever lived. He's an almost 100-year-old uh, black professor who is smarter about practically everything than, than anybody I can imagine. But anyway. You know, and you know what else he is? He's wise. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Started as a Marxist when he was younger, and just life pointed him in another direction as he ran into reality. But um, he was talking about New York when he was a kid growing up. They didn't have crime in New York. He slept out on the fire escape in Harlem. He 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 tells uh, kids in classes about how he would he was a little kid and he'd get away and he'd go walk his dog through this park or whatever whatever the name of the park was. And kids in the classroom would say, "What? You're a little kid and you walked through that park with your dog? That's not a rural area. It was it was heavily compacted people even back then. I've heard him and uh, boy, most people wouldn't know the name Red Buttons, an ancient comedian. I heard him on Dennis Miller's radio show one time talking about New York in the 40s and how you'd, you'd, you'd take his girlfriend out and you'd go to a show and you'd do this and then get the bars and then you'd go sleep in Central Park with your arm around your girl. Wow. Unimaginable now. That was a big, giant city then. Just culturally, crime was not accepted. Mm-hmm. It was not something that was okay. Right. I, I don't know how you create that. I have no idea. Like I said, it's hard to put your arms around. But you can have a culture where crime is just not something that happens. Well, and how do you turn it around when it goes south, when it goes sideways? And now That's, we're, now we're so far the other direction that people walk into stores, load up on stuff, and walk out, and nobody stops them. And you have allegedly leading lights of academia or media telling them that's a good thing, that they ought to be doing that. You know, culture is so underappreciated Absolutely. and under-discussed. Absolutely. Pe- people think culture means like art and the food you eat and your fancy native dress. No, culture is, quote, the way we do things around here. And it encompasses everything. This is something we've talked about a lot through the years, but it's worth considering if you're new to the show. It's how you relate how how a husband relates to a wife and vice versa how parents raise their children how police are looked upon how crime is looked upon um you just it's everything about how we do things around here you got some village in afghanistan completely different culture than the streets of paris than somalia than you know a thousand examples how do we do things around here what is the world we want and and how how do we craft it or what do we do when it goes sideways? If somebody commits a crime in small town Kansas, for instance, what do we do about that? That's all culture. But am I wrong? Or there's no there's no explanation for why it has to be the way it is now. There's nothing about modern society that makes it so you have to have, you know, locks on your door and sensors and all these things. Oh, no, than you didn't no. in the past. To the contrary, poverty rates have plunged in the last century. Plunged, and they're down from actually the from the horrors of crime in the late sixties, early seventies, and then in the nineties there was way too much crime. Hence, Joe Biden and Bill Clinton cracking down on it. Um, yeah, poverty is way down since those days. So you couldn't excuse it that way. By the way, and 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 to presume that poor people become thieves is incredibly insulting too. All right, yeah, that's not what's going on. Um, I don't know. If you got an answer, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. But, man, we are at a 
far swing of the pendulum right now. If I'm a real retailer, I'm nervous, man. Oh, yeah. You you can tell it. If you're at a mall or I was at outlet malls, I was at a regular mall, um, you can you can tell the nervousness people have because this is happening all over the place. And it's scary. Like you mentioned, people are getting hurt. It's not just you're getting robbed and you're losing your money. You might get bear sprayed in the face and hit in the head. Oh, my gosh, yeah, and we need to take a break, but a security guard in Oakland, he was guarding a TV crew that was reporting on a smash-and-grab robbery. Some gang comes up to steal all their equipment, and they shot the, the poor guard in the belly and killed him in Oakland. People are dying now. Everybody paying attention? Hmm? Anyway, we got other stuff to talk about that's not so freaking dour. Remember we used to have the dour hour? The doer? Or... For some reason, it seemed like all our bad stuff ended up in one hour. Anyway. We'll try to come up with something more jolly next. Weighing on the text line, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah, the holiday is pretty much over, which means right now everyone's back with their immediate family, talking smack about everyone else. (laughs) On Thanksgiving, there are always two kinds of families. The one that wakes up early to run a 5K, and the one that stays up late to reheat all the food they just put away. It's like, all right, who's hungry? Let's make some sandwiches. Come on! Yeah, I'd be in Group B. Thank you very much. <laughs> Somebody brought up the idea. This happened to me when I was younger. The the idea of overindulging on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving because it just it's always the like the end of a work week a lot of times, and uh, and like it, uh, very common in various cities. Like when you're a lot younger, that everybody's back from college or whatever, so it's uh, yeah, like yeah. Uh, practically a reunion. That Wednesday before Thanksgiving is a huge party night for younger people. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I hadn't thought of that for years, but yeah, absolutely. Everybody's home from college. You're seeing your old high school buddies and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's common to, uh, you know, go into Thanksgiving a little rough. Build up a little momentum. So, (laughs) or you can look at it that way, yeah. (laughs) So you got a new guy running um, uh, Twitter now, Parag Agrawal. I don't know how you pronounce his name. It's Parag. Meh. Anyway, so somebody has looked up. I'm your agro <laughs> They're looking no. up some uh, info on the guy. He said this in November of 2020, the new guy running Twitter. Our role is not to be bound by the First Amendment, focusing less on thinking about free speech, but thinking about how times have changed. Oh, goody. So that could be a, you know, that's, I don't know what context that was in. But that certainly could be troubling. So, whatever. They're a private company. They get to do what they want. Yeah. Yeah. But as I always point out, a culture of free speech. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, would, yeah. would be pressure on them to allow the free exchange of ideas. If Trump runs, I think that's going to be an interesting one. And again, they're a private con- company. I, 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 I hate when people point out they're a private company. They get to do what they do. That's, that's not the end of the discussion. No, it's still a damned interesting discussion. If Trump runs for president and is the odds on favor favorite to be the nominee of the Republican Party. And there's some polls that came out over the weekend. I was going to do a bunch of state state by state polls where he's he lost to Biden in those states and he's now leading Biden by a lot. Oh, wow. How do you keep him off one of the most 
used platforms for communication in America. How do you do that? Thanks, Twitter. Anyway, might happen. How'd you do on your holiday weight gain? Uh, Two and a half pounds. I brought this to you last week. Americans expect to add eight pounds over the next month. The average. Moving month. up. It seems like a lot, eight. But you gained two and a half? Two and a half, pretty good start. I mean, man, I'm thinking of the parties and dinners and stuff we've been invited to. Oh, it could be eight. It's not going to be, by God. It's not going to be. But it could be. <laughs> Are you going to exercise your way out of it or eat less? Mm, I'm going to try to restrain myself uh, at the old uh, trough. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna train myself at the old trough. <laughs> I'm going to continue to work out uh, rather aggressively, as I have been. There you go. Since a month ago, when I found out my blood pressure was a lot higher than I thought it was. Yeah, well, you can't keep eating pie every morning. I mean, you well, can keep eating pie every morning. Pie in the morning, whiskey at night. Sounds like a really bad country song. So, um, the Great Resignation is going on. More people quitting their jobs. Maybe ever in the history of capitalism of the last couple of months, as far as records go back, it's by far the most people that have ever quit their jobs on a week-by-week, month-by-month basis. What is the best way, or what is going to curb the great resignation, according to experts? I think that's kind of an interesting one. And if you're a a boss or CEO trying to figure out how to keep people from quitting, you're probably going to want to hear this. We'll kick off Hour 4 with that. But what if I don't get Hour 4? I will miss this fabulous content. You have no chance. You're out no, of go to armstrongandgetty.com. Get Armstrong and Getty on demand. It's the radio show repackaged as a podcast or, you know, wherever they give podcasts out. Uh, go listen later. Armstrong and Getty.